Our gospel today comes from Matthew, the 13th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. The same day Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea, such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there, while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And then he told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and they sprang up quickly, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. This is what it was sown on the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet such a person has no root, but endures only for a while. And when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word, and it yields nothing. But as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. So, you know what a metaphor is? Back in English class, grammar. Exactly. It's like it's a comparison, but you can't say like or as because if you say like or as, what is that? Extra points. That's a simile. Very good. Metaphors and similes are very similar. It's just the difference of whether you're using like or as. The point being you're using one word to describe something else. Right? So an example would be, I'm so hungry I could eat a horse. I'm not literally going to eat a horse. That's kind of disgusting. But it gives you a sense of the size of my hunger is the idea. Do you have some favorite metaphors that, that you use or common ones that you use? You're starving to death. Absolutely, right? It gives you the sense of how much your hunger is, right? What else? Go ahead. Uh, you can count on your wife eight days a week. <laughs> right? There is no day off that you can't, right? That's the idea, right? Any other ones? Go ahead. No? So it's raining cats and dogs. It's another common one, right? You hit the nail on the head. It's another. There's a whole bunch of them, right? Jesus is using a metaphor today. In this, in this gospel reading, right? And, and if, if you take a look at it, right, you've got Jesus who's coming. So this is a little, little fun fact about uh, the gospel of Matthew, right? So at the beginning here, in chapter 13, you've got Jesus coming out of a house. In verse 36, which is not part of our reading today, which is halfway through, he's going back into the house. 
the gospel writer put that in there for a reason. Part of this had to do with, so this was probably Peter's house in Capernaum, which was kind of Jesus' base of operation, just to give you a sense of that. And it would have been the worship space. And so there's a difference between what happens in the worship space and what happens out, is the idea. When Jesus goes out of the house, he speaks in parables, riddles, similes, those type of metaphor. And when he comes back into the house, it's in-depth teaching, is the idea that usually happens. Now, it's not 100%, but that's kind of the significance of that. So, a little fun fact on the side there. <laughs> so anyway, so Jesus goes out of the house and he sits beside the sea. And a huge crowd gathers around him, so he gets into a boat, and he sat there, and the whole crowd stood on the beach. And yet, the metaphor he uses is what? Farming. Does anybody find that strange? They're at the sea. John, do you want to talk about they're, they're very familiar with it, right? Absolutely. And yet, he didn't use a fishing parable. Which is, I, that's what I would have assumed, because they're right there at the water, and there would have been fishermen as, as well, and they would have been familiar with that as well. The only thing I can think of is he's out there, and he's seeing this multitude on the beach, and it looks like a field of grain. It just looks like a field of grain, and it's reminding him of, of that, right? Because metaphors are often also something that we're familiar with. Like Jesus teaches in parables and it would have been familiar with them, right? And so then he goes on through all this, uh, through here about where, the, where the, the, the seeds are sown. And there's really two, two points to this, uh, to, the, to the parable. There's two objects, right? There's the people. So the seeds are thrown. And the question is, that multitude on the beach, what kind of soil are they? The seeds are being thrown. Are they good soil? Some of them are going to be rocky soil. Some of it's going to be on the path, right? All of these type of things that Jesus is talking about. But some of it is good soil. It's going to catch hold. And it's going to produce amazing results, right? And the other is about the sower, of course, which is God. Right? We heard about this in the children's sermon. God being very generous. God is just throwing around the word just all over the place because there is an abundance. God's love does not run out for any of us. It's good news. God's mercy does not run out. There's not a limited supply that you have to be really careful about where that goes. God's forgiveness doesn't run out. God's grace does not run out. God just throws it around like crazy. Like a jester, like a joker, like a clown. Just throwing it out perilous as could be. Because some of it's going to land in good soil. And that's us. Right? It's, it's going to land on people. Jesus is always about trying to identify the humanity and the value and the worth of people. And this is where the message goes to. Right? As I was uh, preparing for this, there's a, a commentator that 
he had this uh, quote in here, and he was talking about, this is uh, John T. Carroll, who's a professor of New Testament at Union Presbyterian Seminary. And, and he was talking about, you know, this, this kind of generosity of, of, uh, of God, but also the reality of the failure part of this. Right? Because this is, this is kind of key. This is where we can kind of get distraught. We can, we can feel sad about things so often. Right? Think about this. Jesus described four types of soil, right? How many of them are good soil? Only one. It's only 25% of the type of the soil. That means there's a whole lot that isn't, that isn't going to catch. That can be very disturbing, and that can be a lot of distress, right? There's, there's this sense that Jesus is dealing with the failure that happens, that's a part of life, that it's not always going to work out the way we want, right? And so this is what, this is what uh, Professor Carroll said. Many will not be receptive to the message we are called to speak. And some will not persist in faithful practice. Yet the parable also reassures Jesus' first followers and Matthew's readers, both ancient and contemporary now, that if we persevere, even against the odds, what we do matters. What we say and how we embody the gospel and practice will make a difference in the world. What we do will bear fruit, whether in individual lives or in faith communities or in a wider society. And so this is how he concludes. So keep on keeping on. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's very hopeful. I mean, this is the, the really the, the gospel, right? It's a beautiful way of looking at this. And so the question becomes, we talked about this a little bit in Bible study, what's the practical application? Where do we see this in life? Where, where have you seen the sowing of the word? Where have you seen it? I'm curious. What's that? In this community, absolutely. Right? You see it in a variety of different ways. I can think of no better example than a couple of decades ago, some seeds were sown right here. Right? And they took root. It started in one place and then it moved to our basement and the health ministries that happened here. Right? A seed. And it found good soil. And it sprouted up. When Jesus talks about a hundredfold, sixtyfold, thirtyfold, I think it's easy to say that that's been thousandsfold of how many lives have been impacted. Right? The nurses tell me that Right now, we're at 400 patient encounters a week. That's amazing. That's the power of those seeds being sown, right? Because what is the seed that we are sowing? It's all those things that I talked about, but I think something special about Christ Lutheran is we have a seed of healing. And that comes in a variety of different ways, whether it's physical healing or emotional healing or spiritual healing or mental healing or healing of community or whatever case it may be, whatever way that healing happens here at Christ Lutheran, 
we're sowing seeds of healing because we have received those seeds first. All of us. That's what happens. And so, this is the good news. We receive those seeds and we share them out in a variety of different ways. What a blessing. Thanks, people. Thank you.